This is a headgum podcast. A million head. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm a young money millionaire. I'm a venereal disease like a menstrual bleed. Through the pencil I leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind. Cause I don't write shit, cause I ain't got time. A milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, motherfucker, I'm ill. They say I'm rapping like B.I.G., J. and Tupac, Andre 3000. Where was Erica Badu at? Who that? Who that said they gonna beat Little Wayne? My name ain't Bick, but I keep that flame, man. Wow. That was my interpretation of a Millie by Lil Wayne, which is my guest's favorite song of high school, which I also can identify with as being one of mine. The year is 2008. As you know, we've been in this year before and we are back again because it's a popping year. Top singles on the chart, just in case we need to be reminded. Hot and Cold by Katy Perry. I Kissed a Girl, also by Katy Perry. Sexy Can I by Ray J. Touch My Body by Mariah Carey. Lollipop by Lil Wayne. Love Lockdown by Kanye West. Love Story by Taylor Swift. I mean, Mrs. Officer, a huge year for Lil Wayne. Huge. And Katy Perry. Truly a... a knockout year for music I would say Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon Use Somebody by Kings of Leon So What You Got in the Rock Moves by Pink Wow we had so much good music that's not my name by the Ting Tings we had so much music happening and what's happening in the world you're wondering well to just kind of switch it up from when we were last in 2008 I'm gonna hit you with some other little factoids okay Tina Fey was playing Sarah Palin On Saturday Night Live, people were refusing to get the iPhone. Why? Because the BlackBerry was truly where it was at. People were referring to their BlackBerry as the Crackberry. Remember Brick Breaker? That game. Spaghetti Cat, a meme I don't remember, but people do remember. Starbucks, iTunes Pick of the Week. God, remember that? Um, oh, cell phone charms. Never really went anywhere. Buying ringtones and ringbacks. That was popular in 2008. And last but not least, Shwayze, the musical group. Very of 2008. Oh, and the Apple ads and the song they used in the commercials, like the silhouettes of people in the colorful backgrounds, you know. But enough of that. You're wondering where were we in 2008? Why... We were in Washington, D.C. And who are we with? My high school classmate. If you can believe, I invited on a classmate of mine 
Patrick Foley. Wow. Patrick, thank you for joining me on Senior Superlatives. Greta, thank you for having me. My heart is a flutter. My stomach is in, in what's the opposite of knots? My sp- is, is, your stomach is is happy. My, it's like a silk. It's, it's like one silk of the silks scarf. that like Pink was dancing on in 2008. Patrick, you know, it's very rare that I... Could, you're the only classmate that could come on to the pod, honestly. I mean, I, well, yeah, I mean, well, you famously... Only keep in touch with me. <laughs> I've listened to many podcasts where you've talked about how I'm the only yes, person. Yes, yes, yes. It's in touch true. With. It's true. It's true. Not yeah. not to say that there are not that we did not also go to school with other brilliant, amazing, wonderful people. Of course, of course, of course. Racking my brain right but now, Patrick. You know, we always like to start the show by asking, mm. "Who were you in high school? <laughs> what were you like?" Because the thing that's going to be fun about today's episode is that we can talk about our mutual memories because I knew you. I mm-hmm. knew high school Patrick. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, who did you think you were? Right. And and that's what's so dangerous about this setup is because because I did some research because I'm a good student. And I have a master's degree and I listened to some of your other guests and almost always the answer is like, I don't know. I was like almost cool. I was kind of a floater. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's like. Well, can I even? What can I say? Like you're gonna hold my feet to the fire. Because well, no, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll but the, how you feel is subjective to your experience. Totally. Uh, thank you, subjectivity. I, <laughs> I feel like I. Well, see, and that's what's so pathetic is that I'm like, you know, I think I was like cool enough. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. I was trying to like create a sort of crossover theater kid slot for myself, mm-hmm. um, which I would say you did succeed in doing thank you thank you yeah I was like I had like two goals one was like to be a theater kid and the other one was to like be cool enough to like go to fun parties Mm -hmm. and like and like go there with people not just like show up and like have to pretend like I pre-gamed somewhere now do you think that our high school really functioned in clicks <laughs> My favorite thing is like uh, okay so yes obviously it did and yeah. I love when you ask someone who was like cool I feel like you're always, if you ask like someone who was cool you're like were there clicks in your high school and they're like no No <laughs> <laughs> It's like yeah it's like if you can't see it you are it yeah kind of situation Um yes there were clicks and but I do think that like because we, so we went to a, a very small high school to the listeners. We went to like, how big was it? Like 70 or 100 kids? No, it was kids bigger than that. It wasn't so, I think that sometimes when people say very small, they're like 17 kids in a class. Yeah, like, no, it wasn't like someone no, homeschooling. We had like, I think there were around like 100 something kids in our graduating class. Yeah. So I feel like the class was kind of like divided between like those who wanted to drink illegally and yes. those who didn't. Yes. And if you wanted to drink illegally, it was a little bit like, come on, come on, come all yes. kind of like it. It wasn't it wasn't like the Mean Girls OC kind of intense hierarchy. Yeah. And then when that was the case, it was like very bizarre. Yeah. I don't think that there was ever like I feel like if someone that decided that they wanted to drink illegally like showed up to the party yeah. there was never that tropey girl in high school that was like ah, oh, what, is, yeah. <laughs> what is madeline doing did here? did you even go here yeah yeah exactly we and didn't then, have a madeline no we didn't have a madeline no. i think that like when i think about you in high school mm, I'm scared i think you did something very interesting which was you were 
Because there were two, in my mind, there were two kind of premier cliques of boys. Mm. And you were in, there was a not very nice boy clique mm-hmm. and a nice boy clique. And you were in the nice boy clique. I, yes, thank but you. But both were like popular boy cliques. Yeah. The nice boy clique, you guys were all, the style amongst mm-hmm. you guys was Vineyard Vines. Vineyard Vines. Period. Like, yeah, and that's <laughs> on period. Story. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what what would you say your style was? What was your aesthetic? What were you wearing? What what did you totally. put on in the morning? Like, I have certain outfits that I remember mm. you in, but like, what did you put on in the morning where you were like, I look fucking good. This is fucking sick. Yeah, I think like we need to know. It was 2008. It was Washington D.C. It was full on preppy. Mm-hmm. Like, no irony there. Um, none, none, zero. Uh, none, no, no irony. And the fit was baggy. Yeah, the you know? fit was like, baggy. The fit was like, <laughs> yeah, the fit was like incorrect. So when I felt good, at, first I will say I never wore jeans to high school. And, you, oh, we should also say famously closeted in high school as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was closeted. <laughs> that's like a huge, that's sort of like the water we swim in is to know that like I was closeted in high school and like I was... Like, I, it's not like, it, I wasn't even having the conversation in my head of like, am I, am I not gay? Like, I truly, that, that was like down. Like, I wasn't even having that conversation, but I was like, do people perceive me as gay? Right. It was all about perception. So I was like, and when I, and both of us actually are transfer students famously. Yes. And so I transferred in sophomore year, Greta transferred in halfway through freshman year. Yeah. So the school I went to freshman year, I sort of like, was just like, my middle school self like my middle school self was like big baggy orange tie-dye tee lots of characters and voices (laughs) just like love me for who I am and like that did not work and so when I transferred into GDS sad you like you didn't have the your little like freak boy freedom that you felt you cultivated in middle school anymore no, but you know, I mean, that's kind of wild that I like have that, that that was my middle school experience was like. Uh, that's nice. Like, I think that because didn't you go to uh, elementary that fed into a middle? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that when you're kind of that is something that we also dealt with because yeah. our high school, they were big on lifers. Like right. there was that whole culture. And I think this exists. We were literally immigrants. Schools, right. <laughs> they there's were xenophobic. This, there's this culture that exists of being like. The lifers, we've been here, like, life since The lifers. Yeah, like, (laughs) since birth, like, whatever. And there was a bit of a, well... Divide. Yeah. yeah. I I will also say, like, for the listeners, like, the the caveat that we should just throw over this is, like, we're talking D.C. private schools. So just, like, know that that kind of, like, class-based lens of, like, inquiry and inclusivity and criticism, like, should just be applied blanketly to, like, everything that we're talking about. Correct. Just putting it like, out there like so that we don't have to were, talk about it. People were coming to driving themselves to school and they're in, like, a Mercedes compressor. Yeah. <laughs> Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, one person in particular who I thought was my friend in high school and then pretended not to know me in college. Also, okay, we're going all over the place. <laughs> have we decided, am I using pseudonyms? Yes, you're going to use okay. pseudonyms. <laughs> I would be too annoying for my dear sweet producer yes. to uh, bleep every fucking name we say. And for the dear listener, I mean, it would, yeah, it would drive everyone to epilepsy. Okay, so we we are now, we are leaving our goofy, silly tie-dye t-shirt past and you are coming into this exactly. culture. And you are like, I'm going to assimilate into this. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah, I was like, well, freshman year sucked dick. And Mm -hmm. I was like, so I'm going to this new school and I'm going to be serving like Liddy in the city and I'm going to be cool. And most of all, I'm not going to have to answer the question, are you gay? And I have a high there's like a a high bar for this because I'm also like, and I will be the star of every musical. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, you know, there's a lot working against me, but I want to say like. I was thinking back to it like the summer before I transferred into the school Greta Knight went to uh, GDS. Um, I like went on I like went on Facebook because Facebook was new at that point, and I was doing my research, my due due diligence, like anthropologically, like what is cool at this school. And I was like, you did fully. I was like, what is cool? I was like watching movies. I was like, how can I like approximate heterosexuality in such a way that it's like. It's like, I don't want to be the most straight person. I don't want to be the most cool person. I just want to be like, not a question. Right. I just want to be under the radar, an assumption. And I think part of that was like baggy clothes, preppy clothes. And then part of that, I realized, was that I had to make male friends. Yeah. And I, and I, hitherto until that point, is that the right word? Sure. Hitherto until that point, I had only had female friends. Right. Because women are the best. Yes. And... Easy breezy, beautiful. But Who I was on the left, girls. <laughs> and so I was like, basically, like that was the lens that I came right. into GDS with. And so I went to, you know, what's the place called? Brooks Brothers. Sure. Um, J. Crew, of course, yes. and just loaded Buying up. Buying those ribbon belts. The ribbon belts. The, the pants with the little. You know what I remember you the in? The whales. Yes, the pants with like the Oliver embroidered yes. whale. Yeah. The like popped. I also, for some mm-hmm. reason, have a vision of you in polo shirts Always. every single day. Every single day, a polo shirt and a green one specifically, yes. and a green forest green North Face. Yes, you were like green boy. Thank you. And I, did you have a green backpack or am I making that up? I don't even remember what my backpack was. And I just you and you also had like floppy boy hair. Absolutely. Lacrosse boy hair. Lacrosse boy hair. The kind that like with the hat flips out. Yes. You know. Yes. But you didn't. But here you did not. You were not sport boy. But your click was we're sport all boy. sport boys. But here's the thing. You know, I tried. <laughs> I, I didn't know you tried. Hey, I was on the lacrosse team sophomore year. That's how I met those boys okay so literally what happened was i was like i'm about to be straight and i'm about to be the lead in all of the plays go to gds fail at both uh and i don't get into any of the school plays my sophomore year well story of my story of your high life school we're gonna dive straight into um and and so i didn't but i was like well i need an extracurricular both of my parents worked so i was like great i'll just like join the lacrosse team and you did? Do we have tryouts? Because I was no, so of course not. I was so not involved in sports at all, other than being That's the manager, <laughs> other than being the manager of the boys' varsity basketball yes. team. Truly, only so that I could like hang out with my boyfriend. Yeah, it was it was an erotic position. <laughs> it was a powerful. You position. were like Cameron Diaz in any given Sunday. <laughs> You were like tits out with a clipboard. I also managed baseball. Yeah. yeah. And I like yeah. would go on trips. I think I just was horny and I think I just wanted yeah, to be Yeah, you would go on like- trips with them. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, but you were also like girl boss before there was a girl boss. <laughs> I'm happy you perceived it that oh, way. Oh, definitely. So did, you didn't have to try out. You could just sign up. Like, were our sports that bad that you oh, could just yeah. sign up? Listener. Well, I knew lacrosse was because yes. DC is a true lacrosse hub yeah so like when our school would play against like georgetown, georgetown prep, prep or landon, landon gonzaga like 
even Murray, we would get fucking owned. Obliterate. Like, I have to say, you don't know fear until you join, like, the worst lacrosse team in the D.C. private school fucking whatever circuit. that's called. Circuit. And then you're in a rackety, rickety bus rolling up to some all-boys rape academy. And there they're doing, like, full-on, like, the haka. Like, they're doing, like, warrior dances. It's, it's really intense. I mean, it's, like... Terrifying. And it's a sport with a metal stick. Yeah. They aim at your head. But, well, also in boys lacrosse, you can body check and stick check. Famously in girls lacrosse, famously. you can do none of that. I was very, okay, so I was concussed twice Wait, in high a school. sophomore year? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Just like in my life, I was concussed twice. So I was like How did very. did you get two concussions? Uh, well, the first one I was like. I got in, such a loser in middle school. I got into the school play and I was so excited that I was like sprinting through middle school, like trying to tell my friends slipped, slammed my head on the sidewalk. Oh, no. <laughs> and the other concussion happened at theater camp, too. Okay. I mean, it's all theater adjacent okay, injuries. Okay, okay. Um, but it's all to say I was like very physically I was afraid of getting hurt in the cross. So it was like a failure because of that. I have bad hand eye coordination, but it was like an up close and personal education in like how to assimilate into this kind of culture, which was, you know, put me in good stead and that's how you met those boys that's how I met those boys yeah so when do you when for you because like in your journey through Mm. high school when were you like I am no longer I have these boyfriends now Mm. I feel I had you also had a girlfriend honey you know I did and I'm feeling ready to continue to pursue theater, which was something that you were always doing. Yeah, I was always doing both. Like, it was never like, like, if someone was like, you have to not do theater in order to be cool, I would have probably sold on theater. Yeah. Um. But, well, I think for me, when I think about my high school experience, like, it's very uh, BCAD kind of moment. And the, like, birth of Christ in that metaphor is the sit-in. Okay, <laughs> so, so uh, we can just go there. I feel like, well, we can go there. We can we can talk, but I feel like that. No, is I think the I think it's really important because <laughs> everyone's like, it's like, what are we talking about? So <laughs> this is something when this happened. What Patrick is about to explain, it, we were seniors. No, I was a junior. Oh, we were juniors. It was winter of my junior year. Okay, well, this is good because you know we can say I was because of course. I would be like, and now I want to know a story to you that's quintessentially high school. Um, right. <laughs> so I want to know a few stories. Take me but there. First, I want to I want to hear you recount this story because this story is crazy. There's just no way for me to tell to talk about my high school experience with without talking about this story because, like, I guess this is yeah a BCAD. Situation. It's a BCAD situation. You have to understand too. Like as I was saying, I came into the school being like. I'm going to be cool and was like trying all these ways to be cool. And then I did this thing that was like so pure and insane. And it like weirdly, it weirdly like it redefined. It made me iconic. You had a rebirth. It did make you. It was like the Kim K sex tape. It was like the thing that you thought was a fail actually created a life. Up until this point, the Mm. this story that you are about to tell everyone listening, did you feel cool and accepted or did you feel that you were still really kind of like floundering with trying to like were you were you feeling unsatisfied were you feeling unseen were you Mm -hmm. like what what were the feelings that were going into this because I do think that this did change the narrative of flip the script yeah yeah so basically to like get really concise with it sophomore year I 
basically like ate lunch alone in the library most days. Then I did, then I played lacrosse and I sort of like met these guys. Then I was like, yes, now I can start illegally drinking with people. And then junior year, I got into the musical or I mean into the, into the play. So I started to make friends in the theater community, which was really exciting and liberating. And theater kids are like fucking freaks. So that was exciting. And then I think I was like so liberated that I, that I did this thing, which is that I staged a sit-in to protest the closing of our high school library. Um, there are lots of deets to get into around yeah. this. Like, there's sort of a culture to paint, but to get really con- or to attempt concision, um, basically, both my parents worked, so I had to stay at at school until like seven most nights, which is why I did like extracurriculars. Also like we maybe had to do extracurriculars, but like I was also a bad student. Library was the only place I could You were work. not, I was a bad student. Honey, you were not a bad student. I was a student. bad student until senior year. 2.7 GPA. Really? 2.7. Oh my God. You were like the same as me. I was bad. I, but I never bad. got better. <laughs> I got Actually, better. that's not true. Senior year, I started Senior getting year. A's, Senior but it year. didn't matter because my GPA was still so bad that I wasn't getting in anywhere. Yeah, I, I, we'll get to GPA later. later. Or not, doesn't matter. Yeah, basically like, yeah, anyway, so, so when I was a junior, so basically, my life was like, I had to be at school until like six or seven because that's when I could get picked up. And you were not the only student that was like that. No. A lot of students needed to stay at school late because of sports or their parents worked late or whatever it may yeah. be. And like for those kids and like even kids who didn't, like the library was lit. Mm-hmm. Like the libraries where you socialize, like everyone hung out at the library. It was like the most fun place. And it was open until... Uh, I want to say like 10, like it was open late and our school had like a freaky ass 24 seven policy where like you could always go to school. Did you know this? No. (laughs) So we went to like a progressive um, private school in the DC area and they had like a, it was like open late. It was like in the city, open campus, come and go. And there was like one security guard and like it was open late. I had no idea we had a 24 seven policy. I'm almost positive. Like the theater kids like slept in the theater. I do know that like, theater the theater kids you guys would always be at school really right. late, like so, until like 11 so that is the culture into which i want to like seep everyone's minds and in that culture the hub was the library okay and so i'm at the library one day let's say it's january and i see like a tiny notice on the door that says starting monday the library will be closed every day at 4 p.m like from here on out and I was like, what? That's crazy. That can't be the case. Like, the what, the library is closed and every, everything else is open. And so I then, like, I'm going through the library, sort of, like, getting people's opinions, being like, this is, do you think this is real? And everyone's like, yeah, that's weird. That can't be true. And we had a, we also had, like, a big email culture in our, in our <laughs> high school. Like, it was DC. It was, like, a political-minded school. So people would just, like, send out emails being like, this is something I care about. And here's an article. Why? So I was like, you know. We were reading like letter from Birmingham jail. I was like, you know, feeling political. So I sat down and I wrote this email being like, this has come to my attention. Kind of ironically, like this has come to my attention. This is absurd. This is crazy. Like, how are we going to learn? How could they do this to our brains, to our young minds? How could they shut down this opportunity for education and growth? Is this not a school? Do we not bleed? You know, sort of like something in that vein. Um, And I like sent it out, like sort of didn't think anything of it. And then... Floods of responses came in. 
and like faculty and peers and people were like, you need to do something about it. You should start a sit in. And I was like, that's so funny. That's exactly what I should do. That's hilarious. So as a joke, I made a Facebook group. Yep. And this is where it all This unravels. is where it all goes down. <laughs> I was at the forefront of the Facebook sort of like litigation. <laughs> you were. At a really early age. Start a Facebook group. Th- that was called like it was I think it was called like fuck this yeah it was fuck this <laughs> I remember like they yeah yeah it was called fuck this yeah so I created a Facebook group <laughs> all caps fuck this invite everyone from school everyone joins it in the Facebook group I'm like this can't be like we need to act like enact change our school stands for progressive politics we have like charity begins at home yada 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 so because of this I'm scheduling a sit-in on Monday the day the library is supposed to close at 4 p.m. when they're going to close it and everyone joins this group it's this whole sort of thing it becomes like over the weekend this like huge thing. I'm getting texts from like cool seniors. I'm getting texts from like cool people in our grade. And like, no, at this time, like this is the kid who like six months ago was eating lunch in the library alone. So I'm like, okay, this is fucking lit. So Monday happens. I'm at school Monday. I feel like a full-blown celebrity. People are coming up and like whispering to me in the hallways, being like, this is so fucking dope, dude. I can't wait for this. And like, and like people are like staring at me, like giving me waves, like hot women and men are are like into it. And I'm like, my life is about to be made. The day goes on. I go into my last period class, which is a French class, and all the people there are like, we can't wait for this. This is incredible. The dean of students comes in. Patrick Foley, can I see you in my office? I'm like, uh, okay. I go downstairs to her office. She puts in front of me a printed out version of my Facebook page for the event. <laughs> Fuck this. And she has circled at the bottom of the page, copyright Facebook, because at the bottom of all of Facebook's pages back in that day, it sure. said copyright Facebook. And I had posted to the group, like, just like pictures from the website, like pictures of the school, pictures of the library, pictures of the librarians, like pictures of everyone things, involved. Everyone involved from the GDS website. Um, Which. It's public domain. Think well, or it's yeah, it's public domain. But I, I mean, the, meaning that like anyone can go to the GDS website yeah. and look up yeah. any of these things. Yeah, and she goes, but she circles copyright Facebook, and she goes, so this is cute that you're doing this, but unfortunately, you've committed copyright infringement. You have stolen the property of the school and put it on this on Facebook, and now it's Facebook's property. Like we don't want to get litigious with you. That's the last thing we want to do. So as long as you cancel the sit-in, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, okay, spooked. By the word uh, copyright infringement. Spooked by litigious. Spooked by litigious and spooked by her like very whispered delivery. So basically I'm like spooked. She was like, just like cancel the sit-in and write a letter of apology. I'm like, okay. So I walk back upstairs. I'm spooked. I'm like, fuck, I got to cancel this. I run into like a like this group of three girls and I'm like, ugh, this thing just happened. I have to cancel the sit-in. And they're like, absolutely not. This girl, we'll call her Julia, goes absolutely not looks me dead in the eyes at like full like from her pussy is like you've started something you can't stop <laughs> that is something that will ring in my ears until i'm six feet under you oh, started this- something you can't stop we're doing the sit-in oh my so God. i'm like okay time to get political yeah and so go to class yada yada four o'clock rolls around i walk to the library and it is like chock full of people, like seven, like, like 
I don't know, like a hundred people in the library. It's not a big building. And the school newspaper is filming it. There's like a full Georgetown day. The newspaper was called like the auger bit. There was like a camera crew set up. Teachers are there. It's more than a hundred people. What am I talking about? It's like, no, it's, it's like, like, it's like 300 people. Yeah, It's like a lot, of people it's a lot of people are in the library and the whole sort of like tactic as I put on the Facebook group is like, we're just going to show up and like sit down and start studying. Mm-hmm. And when they say like the library is closed, we're not going to leave yeah. and we're not going to answer. And so we all sit down or I walk in and like people are bustling about, but I'm like an actress. I'm committed to my craft. So I like open up my biology book and I'm like working. <laughs> The librarian is having a full mental break, pacing across the library, huffing, puffing, who, what, when, where, why, glaring, glaring into my eyes. Librarian goes, the library is shutting down in 10 minutes. No one responds. The library is shutting down in five minutes. No one responds. The library is officially closed. Everyone out. The library is officially closed. No one responds. She screams, runs into her office, slams the door. Everyone's, it's like, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone's like staring at each other, giddy. We like sort of wait there. Everyone's like sort of whispering to me. The librarian comes out of her office. She goes, get in my office now. To you. To me. Obviously to me. She looks dead at me. I'm like. You're the leader. Okay. I walk into her office and she's like, you need to shut this down. This is incredibly inappropriate that you're doing this. And I was like, look, we just want the library to stay open. And she was like, I can't stay here to supervise you. Do you understand that? I have a cat right now who needs to go to the vet who has a life altering surgery that she needs to have. And if you're responsible for the death or the injury of my cat, you're going to pay. And I'm like, <laughs> I also love our school threatening you multiple times I'm s- with like, you're going to like weird with going to court, needing to pay yeah, for like, certain things. Is this the godfather? And so I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you can leave, but we are going to stay in the library. So she repeats the line. You're going to pay <laughs> storms out of the library. Hear the Subaru screech out of the parking lot. And then we sit down and we're like, yay, we're victorious. The vice principal comes in, similar situation. And I'm like, we're not leaving. I'm sorry, we're not leaving. The vice principal informs us there's like a board of trustees meeting in the library. I'm like, great. Well, then they can see that the students are politically active. (laughs) Which, by the way, fully was the the mission of the mission statement of the school. It's like, look at how righteous our students are. Look how they think on their own. Look about how they're looking out for community. They like like, took us to protests. They, you know, they, anyway, it's, it's, it's all sorts of all sorts, but basically the principal comes in and we like gave him our list of demands and he was like, he was like, well, we can't have you in the library without supervision because there have been a few thefts. What? And we were like, okay. And then this gorgeous man, and let's not bleep his name, Benji Messner, <laughs> who I think is like right now like a political operative I in think, rural Virginia or something. I, why did I think that Benji worked for the alumni? No, 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 no. He's too cool for that. He is a political consultant. Yeah. So Benji, who's like, you know, I don't know, a character from House of Cards now, but IRL. <laughs> Benji stands up and he goes, I will supervise. I'll be a student supervisor and I will stay at this library until it is closed every weekday. And the principal like couldn't say anything to that. And he was like, the principal was like, okay, fine, I guess. 
And then he was like, Patrick, do you have anything to say for yourself in front of like all these people? And I was like, I would just say in the future that if you're going to make decisions that affect the students, you should get our input ahead of time. Yeah. And he was like, I'll see you in my office at 9 a.m. tomorrow. So everyone erupts with glee. Like we've won. We parade out past the board of trustees who are like, truly, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I go into his office and they suspend me. And we can get into the minutia of the suspension, but it's probably not worth it at this point because it's been a long story. Basically, I'm suspended. It I, causes the suspension causes another uprising up, at the school. I literally walk out and like there was another walkout. There, there was, was another walkout, walkout to protest my suspension. To protest Patrick's suspension. People wearing free Patrick t-shirts. Uh, there were two banners that said free Patty that were suspended from like a third story railing. Yep. That were like fascist propaganda posters <laughs> yeah. that were up for like a year. year. <laughs> I had a t-shirt. Yeah. Many people, many people. Yeah, there was a walkout the next day. Mm-hmm. The I remember it yeah. so well because we, you were gone. And I think I texted you like, Probably like, what the fuck is being happening? Being like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't really believe that you were suspended for that. For three days. And I want to say the context also is like, motherfuckers up in this school were doing cocaine getting into DUIs totaling cars yep. getting arrested and getting no punishment selling drugs like one block off school yeah. property yeah. doing drugs in school yes no suspension meanwhile 3 days out of school and you were also the to me the funniest thing about it was the thing that they reassured you about your suspension was don't worry it'll make a great college essay like, As if like getting suspended was somehow I mean, teachers a selling said that. point for. Yeah. I mean, teachers said that the principal didn't say that, oh. but like teachers said that. But basically it like launched. It was like a total nightmare. I'm already not a good student. I thought like my life was over and it turns out it had just began. <laughs> so I sort of became like a iconoclastic in you, that moment. You did. That was a huge moment. I mean, that's like a moment that a Broadway fucking musical is mm. written about. It, Coming it, to a theater near you. Like, for me, that's what made you a household name. Yeah, fully. No, yeah. That's why it's the sex tape. It launched yeah. it launched my my career. And basically from then on, I was like, okay, lit. Like yeah. Feels feels groovy to me. Everyone respected you. Everyone knew who you were. Alumni Everyone were reaching you. out to me. There like cool alumni were literally sliding into the DMs on fa- or, the, or the messages on Facebook to be like mad respect for what you just did. Like that's so amazing. There you go. Faculty were like, this is so fucked up. Everyone was like on my side. It was actually like bizarre that they even administration even did it because the the like groundswell of support was insane. I think that now. It would be different because of social media. Yeah. I think that like now students have way more autonomy and being able to document what is going on in their day to day life. Like imagine if it were now and we were like live streaming. Oh, my God. It would go. I mean, it would go viral. Right. And I think that. It's so silly to think that they called you in and they were like, it looks like it's copyright infringement. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you just don't want to deal with what's about to happen. Yeah, that was that was really so crazy. It's something that is a story that I think all of us that were around for it. It's like a myth that we all carry 
and it's it's like a folk tale. It is truly, <laughs> and it is stupid. Like that's the thing. Like it is stupid. Like it is. It was like sort of a stupid event. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Do you think that that event like changed you as a person? Because I'm always interested in how people feel like I really feel that a lot of the experiences that I had in the ages of high school, like 14 to 18, were very imprinting on who I am now. And there are certain moments in my timeline of that point where I can with therapy be like "Mm, maybe it was something that happened then do you feel that this is an event that is like imprinted upon you in a way yeah I I mean I I honestly haven't been to enough therapy to like really talk eloquently about it but like I do obviously yes and like I've and I don't mean in a bad way I just mean like I I think that it's really cool when you're young with something as silly as like a library sit-in to be like Oh, if I am a proactive person in my community, like I can, I don't know. I think that it, it, what it did was it like, it calcified a resentment towards authority that frankly I already had. Mm. And it, and it clarified it into something that I then saw as an asset. And I think that like as someone, in the entertainment industry um, where there are many sort of like self-imposed authority figures handing down sort of edicts and information to you, Mm -hmm. be it like execs or casting people or whomever, like it has put me in good stead because like, you know, I don't give a fuck. Right. I like could care less. And we were talking about this. We were talking about this yesterday, like Mm -hmm. this idea that like, you know, in, in our world, like there's constant rejection. And I think like, I don't perceive that. And I think part of it is because, like, from an early age, I was shown that, like, it pays not to listen to certain people. Yeah, I think it's hard. But I think that that's, like, a valuable valuable takeaway. Mm, Absolutely. Is there another point in high school? So now we're post, now we're post sit-in. Is there another, like, story or moment that you carry in your satchel of tales that is something that is so quintessentially that time for you oh my god I mean I hope I'm not boring people not at all okay (laughs) I mean the, the the next thing that feels like quintessentially high school to me is like really like followed up like I want to say like 
a month and a half later, or like not even, which is like a little bit darker. <laughs> I'm honestly nervous to talk about it. You don't have to. Yeah, I. Mm, I think it's it's like fairly quintessential. It sort of like follows naturally in in the narrative yeah, yeah, arc, yeah. which is like it's sort of an Icarus story at this point. <laughs> like so, basically, this sitting thing happened. I was I was like. I like found this like newfound confidence. Like people actually wanted to talk to me and hang out with me and invite me places. Um, and so, yeah. So like I had this like newfound social confidence. I was like the lead, one of the three leads in the high school musical. So I was like feeling good about myself and like the seniors, I'm um, junior, the seniors in the high school musical were like actually very cool. Um, and they like, sort of welcomed me in as as equals and one of the seniors was this guy who will call jake great do you know who i'm talking about i do okay there's this guy jake who was like cool like the one of the coolest guys seniors like straight hot charming sort of unknowable Mm -hmm. super friendly was also like in all the theater shows and I just like really looked up to him and I sort of like crafted my whole persona based off of him. And I was like, you know, and like I wanted to hang out and yada yada. And I basically would have like done whatever he and then this girl who will call. I'm going to have a really hard time. We can can call her Leslie. I'm obsessed with that name for that person. (laughs) Jake and Leslie. Jake and Leslie. Wow. Um, And we are whitewashing this story, just so you know. There was diversity at play. So Jake and Leslie... I was obsessed with and we started hanging out all the time and basically so it's the spring it's what we called hell week in the theater (laughs) (laughs) and we're we're, it's our final dress rehearsal for the musical and what was the musical that year on the town Leonard Bernstein baby absolutely New York New York it's a hell of a town and so classic musical sailors dancing the whole shebang I'm one of the sailors and we're at our lunch break and we're like, okay, it's going to be an hour long lunch and we're going to come back and we're going to do the final dress. We go on a lunch break. It's me, Jake and Leslie. Jake is driving. And then there's this girl who will call Fiona. Fiona. There's this girl who will call Fiona who's like beautiful. I sort of had a crush on her. She's a year younger than me. Who's going to come along too? And we're like, great, we'll go to Whole Foods. So we go to go to Whole Foods. We like walk into the like parking lot or whatever. And then the like, basically like the school drug dealer is like, I'm going to come with you guys. And we're like, okay, cool. We like get into Jake's like Chrysler Sebring. AKA like my erotic dream. He's blasting Lauren Hill, roof fucking down, <laughs> spring baby in the air, hormones. I'm like obsessed with him, crush on this girl next to me, like feeling groovy here with this cool drug dealer. Drugs are cool. Yeah. Like we go to Whole Foods, amazing, get a great little cold bar situation happening. <laughs> get back in the car. We're driving back. The drug dealer goes, Oh my God, I forgot I have this handle of Bacardi in my bag. <laughs> Classic when, like, everyone was carrying alcohol in their backpacks. And it was always rum. Yep. Bacardi, Malibu. Captain Morgan. Captain Morgan. What else is there to drink? I mean, you know I fucked around with the Smirnoff cranberry. Oh, honey. Honey, you know I did. You know I fucked around with that pop-off vodka. Absolutely. Malibu. 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 
So it was that kind of vibe. It was summer or spring or whatever. So this guy, the drug dealer, we'll call him the drug dealer. This poor guy, that sucks. <laughs> whatever. He he goes, I got this Malibu, and we're like, amazing. And Jake is like, oh, fuck, we should drink that. We pull into an alleyway. Once mm-hmm. again, urban school. We pull into an alleyway, start passing around the 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 um, Bacardi, rum, yeah. the rum. And it was like Bacardi 161. <laughs> Disgusting. And I was like, wow. Like At the time, is this even true? I was like, 161, basically Everclear. I mean. <laughs> like, wasn't there that old thing about how like, 161 was like so intense? Yeah, well, it's it, it's, it was like one was it one, 161 or 181 is it Bacardi 161 is that is that correct can we get a fact check on that is it 161 Bacardi 151 151 excuse me listeners it's one because it's 151 proof yeah. that's the whole thing right which is a lot right yes like vodka is like 80 proof so then right, if you're right. having like Everclear which I think is Right. Like Everclear's uh, like a million proof. Yeah. Which I did also drink at the basketball games that you managed. Also, we would we would I feel like we did um didn't we didn't wouldn't people soak like gummy bears yeah. or something yeah, yeah, in yeah, Everclear? Yeah, 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 yeah. So So anyway, we we pull up into the alleyway, Lauren Hill blasting, dappled sunlight moment, full blown Greta Gerwig, <laughs> Lady Bird fantasy. He pulls out the Bacardi. I'm like, absolutely. Swigging from up the, on the jug. request line. Yes. Like, 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 yeah, we're passing it around. Somehow a spliff comes into the mix. People mm-hmm. be smoking the spliff, cigarette. Things are going down in mm-hmm. the car. Let's just say that. And I, oh, don't touch the mic. And I am like wanting to fit in, wanting to be cool, yada, yada. And I'm like, I'm having some of it. I'm not like getting hammered because I'm still sort of terrified of what it is to be truly drunk. No. And you're also like, wait, you have not been truly drunk until that. Like I have, but I, but I'm, but I'm afraid of, I'm in the closet. I don't want to lose control. Right. Right. right, But I want, so I did a lot of, up until that point, I did a lot of work where I would like go to parties and like literally do the like do like mm, shot but then like throw it away yes and then like act wasted oh my god it's dark sided (laughs) you because i always remember you being wasted (laughs) that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying it all makes sense later yeah i of course how could i get truly wasted i'd like suck a dick I don't know. I guess because I was so like truly wasted. I well, I really didn't start drinking, drinking until truly like junior year. Mm -hmm. Like I was a pot girl, right? Well, because you also famously started to drive at (laughs) fourteen. So you had some wheels that you had to attend to. You told me. Wait, is this not true? I remember you being like, yeah, like. <laughs> I remember you being like, yeah, like my parents <laughs> in high school. You ate the Mini Cooper. <laughs> I did drive a Mini Cooper. So Greta drove a Mini Cooper and lived in Georgetown, which is like quite urban center city driving. I was like a suburb kid who came into the city to go to school. Greta was like full urbanity. And had this Mini Cooper. And I remember you being like, yeah, my parents work a lot. So, like, I basically started driving at 14, 15 before I even had a permit to get to school. (laughs) If I said that, I was lying. If I said that, that was a full-on lie. That That is so formative to my sense of you. (laughs) That is so funny. I mean, good for me. Could I have made that up? 
Probably not. I probably lied. Or probably it was like one of those things where you were like exaggerating and I was like, and let me take it a step further. I mean, I would not have lied about that because it would have been so obvious that I wasn't driving myself to school. That is so funny. I got to school my freshman year from a senior who was like a family friend. He would drive me to school. And then sophomore year, some mornings I would take the bus. I would I would take the public transportation. Yeah, I would take the bus or maybe my dad would drive me rare. Rarely would my mom drive me, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. it was one of those three things. But it was never you like (laughs) behind the wheel of a fucking Mini Cooper. No, like like alone driving. No, I, I probably said that and you didn't understand the joke. Well, that tracks. Because I think I felt very alone yeah. through my childhood. Like, I was mm-hmm. very much the kid that was, like, coming home and, like, making myself dinner. Right, right, right. Um, So I was probably, like, I've been driving myself to school since I was 14. Yeah, and I also think that's, like, a virtue of who you were in high school. Like, you were sort of, like, so cool and so unknowable and so, like... So like sprung from a different plant. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone and it and it was very clear. It should be known like it was very clear to me at least that you were like so cool. But like your your currency like was not accepted by a lot of the people no. in in our community. And so like I think because of that, you had this like unknowable aura. Like you also had the really severe bang. Yes. <laughs> which which was part of it. And she's and you were a fashion icon always. Always. And you were you were working in the sort of clash, like hyper clash vocabulary before it was maybe so cool. Correct. So there was like a lot going on. You had this kind of like unknowable vibe about you that made it such that like when you said to me, I drive I was started driving myself to school at 14, I was like, Yeah, that tracks. You could not tell what was real no. and what was fake. You could have told me like <laughs> anything that's so funny and I, and I would be like yeah she's iconic that's so funny um wait really quickly i want to finish this story oh, yeah, that fuck. you didn't finish and then we have so much more to cover and we have we really only have such a short time left i know that's why i'm trying to talk we really can always quickly. do a part two you know we got to bring you back to have a part two i mean because you're the only person that can also talk about me and honey. that's the thing and we need to do you know what we need to do a table's turn i mean you do a table's turn yeah we need to go to the red table that's moment. correct that's correct so to finish the story, okay, so we're in the alleyway, drink, drinking, smoking. I'm like trying to like keep up enough. I'm trying to like keep up appearances, but I'm also like a full-blown theater kid. And I'm like, you know, I have to sing the famous opening number to On the Town, New York, New York, It's Out of a Town. Yes. And, and, and slay it. So it's, I'm doing a little bit of kind of kabuki, mm-hmm. you know, mime kind of adjacent behavior. But people are getting fucked up. And then we get back to... We like pull in, we like go back to to rehearsal. the dress rehearsal. We're already late. Everyone's getting into into makeup. And I'm doing the Patrick Foley classic of being like acting drunker than I am. Yep. Of being like, because I'm like, I'm with the cool kids. They're like borderline blackout. <laughs> <laughs> full, full blown borderline blackout backstage at this high school musical getting into sailor gear. And so I'm like, okay, but I, and so I'm like trying to, and we like reek of weed and uh, we're and like, rum. And and not to mention rum. And yep. I'm eating like a turkey and apple sandwich <laughs> from Whole Foods to try to mask it. And uh, yeah, so me and this guy, Jake, that I like, you know, obviously have a crush on are sort of like giggling in the corner. And I'm like, keep trying to like get really close to him to like touch him. And um, anyway, two of the girls who are also seniors like find 
out. Yep. Because they're geniuses. They're Sherlock Holmes. So they, they're like, something's <laughs> up. <laughs> and also they take theater very, very seriously. seriously. They were the, what is the Leah Michelle character in Glee? Rachel Berry. Yeah. They were both the Rachel Berries of our high school. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, no, 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 no. They go and talk to the music director and they say, there are five people backstage who are drunk and high and we don't feel safe to do the show. This is unbeknownst to me that this happens. My experience of the of the thing is like riding high in all shapes and forms in my sailor outfit backstage. I go on stage. I In my mind, I'm like, I'm slaying this, doing full like Balanchine choreography, New York, New York. And then I hear from the audience... Get the lights up in the house. Lights up in the house. Stop the show. Stop the rehearsal. The director, Laura, we'll just call her by her God-given name, who is uh, sort of a legend in our high school theater community, yep. like rules with an iron fist, older, older white lady, comes out and she goes, everyone quiet, everyone out on stage. We all come out on stage. She goes, it's come to my attention that five of you here are drunk. I have never been more terrified in my whole life. I just she was terrifying. Terrifying. She goes, it's going to my attention that five people here are drunk. Dean of Students comes in. The same one who threatened to sue me for copyright infringement <laughs> a mere two months earlier comes in and they go... And we're, they go, you have 24 hours to come forward and tell me who you are. The and threats. if you don't, we will find you and the punishment will be exponentially worse. Goodbye. The threats. So I'm like full, full blown panic attack, freaking the fuck out, but also trying to be like, I'm not drunk. Meanwhile, everybody up in this bitch knows who the five drunk people were. 100%. Reeking of weed. Bacardi. Mm -hmm. Showing up late. Uh, slurring their words. Yep. Me acting like a fucking Jack Sparrow doing like the, <laughs> the, like God only knows what. I'm like a drunk person in like a, in like a Tina Fey comedy uh. drunk. And so, but for some reason we're like, we like. We think it's really like surreptitious. We like find each other and go to a Thai restaurant and we like sit down and we're like, what are we going to do? <laughs> and we're like, look, if none of us, if none of us breaks, like they can't, if like we're silent, like they can't prove right, it basically. Right, right, Meanwhile, this dean of students had full up, full down, like she had drawn up a diagram and she'd been like a diagram of a sedan. And she goes, we know there are only five seats in a sedan and there are five, there are five people in this room. Ergo, five of you were in the sedan and five of you are drunk. It was like some sort of weird, like, and, but in my head, I'm like the math tracks, like, Oh God. Sorry. It's, it's terrifying. Mic. Terrifying. So over pad CU, we decide like, we're going to go down with the ship. No one's talking. And I'm like, okay, that sounds safe. Yep. We go home, you know, whatever. I fall asleep, come to school the next morning. And what's the, what's the pseudonym of the... of? Oh, Leslie. Leslie. Okay. Leslie broke. Leslie fucking broke. Yep. She comes up to us sobbing. Apparently, one of the Rachel Berries calls her and goes, I know you were drunk and I know you're not a liar and I know you would never do this to me. And the only path to justice is to have you come forward. 
So this bitch flipped full on Michael Cohen style, made a deal, was like, I will be immune if I flip. Yep. And then we're all fucked. Yep. And so it's basically like, who's going to flip next? They're seniors. Jake's like, I don't want to get my offer rescinded to college. My fat ass is like, I don't want to get expelled. Yeah. I was just suspended. Yeah. Anyway, wound up going and talking to the principal had a full and honestly like genuine emotional breakdown because like I had just been traumatized by this man. I had been suspended sort of unjustly. I, I was like so emotional. I was like, I, I, I would never do this to my family. Like they'd be so ashamed of me, like fully genuinely sobbing. What I was saying where I was coming from was truth. What I told him was that I did not drink and I just like put the bottle to my lips because I wanted to seem cool. (laughs) It was a full Bill Clinton, I did not inhale kind of moment, which is it's between truth and And, false. And and, and, not not, like you did. You did mime being drunk. I mimed being drunk. I also did swallow liquor. (laughs) Anyway, so I think he took pity on me also because of the whole, you know, public opinion thing about him trying to suspend me two months ago. And he was like, fine. Well, he spared you. He was like, you're yeah, he was like, I'll spare you, but you're on on probation for the rest of your time. I don't know if I ever told you this, but I remember all of this vividly because I was because I was not allowed to be in the musical. I was building sets. That's right. And I remember when all of this the day that it happened, I was building sets and (laughs) someone I think I think. And I'm going to call this person by their name. I think O'Neal was like, was like, this is happening. Like, this is a crazy drama is happening right now. And I just remember being like, whoa, what the fuck is going on? Mm -hmm. Because all of us in sets, we would always get stoned and then work in sets. Yeah, (laughs) sets was was like. Sets was very chill. Sets, sets we were were kind of like Switzerland. Sets could do no wrong. The prop shop was like a cannabis farm. Yeah, it was very fun back there. Um. Okay, God, fuck, I need to expedite the next, like, three things. Yeah. Okay, so, oh my God, is that a knock I hear on the door? (laughs) Now, I hope that knock did not startle you guys off the road, as I know some of you have been commenting and DMing me about. But, Patrick, here we are in the guidance counselor's office. Oh my God. And the guidance counselor is me. (gasps) Now, in this segment, you get to, you know rewrite a wrongdoing of the past if 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 you feel that there was something that happened to you that you want to take back if you want to apologize for something if you want to do whatever you may want to do in this segment this is where we clear our auras of the of the trauma that high school imprinted upon us so is there something someone some sometimes some place that you would like to just kind of clear from your from the rest of your life moving forward I mean, there's so much, but if... I mean, we just listed two. <laughs> right. <laughs> cool. Um, but if I were to seek, like, absolute... Or do you want to apologize? Yeah, I think I want to apologize. I want to take this opportunity to apologize. Okay. There's so many people I could choose. Um, well, oh, God. I mean, can I do a few? Sure. I'd first like to apologize to my high school girlfriend for involving her in my uh, process of getting to know myself. I think that, you know, I really cared about her. I really liked her. Mm -hmm. And I am really gay. And I think that, like, that toxic cocktail was probably really confusing and hurtful Mm -hmm. uh, to sort of be on the other 
on the other the end of, end on of. the receiving end of. So I'd like to publicly apologize to her and thank her for the like year and a half of our courtship. And I would say she was very kind. She's a great person. Great, great person. Great, amazing person. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's that. I would also like to apologize to uh, three people whose name I won't name, but basically the situation is I went to middle school with these three people. And when... And they were all sort of, like, weird in high school. Mm -hmm. Like, they were weird. Like, they were, like, kooky and, like, weird. I mean, I would classify myself as being weird in high school. But do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, You can tell me when we're off. They were, were like, not cool, you know, in the way that I... When we go back to the click conversation from up top in the episode, they they were not the kids that were coming to illegally drink. Yeah, they were not interested in illegally drinking. And that's a great way to put it. And so when when I rolled up to GDS as a sophomore with my whole new persona sort of that I took from Facebook and the OC trying to be cool. Cool guy. Trying to be a cool guy. These like three people in their own ways sort of like reached out to me Mm. to like hang out and like wanted to be friends and were like, were like genuinely welcoming to me. And I like. Shut them down. I, yeah, I like sort of shut them down because I was like, if I'm introduced to this school as being, like, your friend. Mm. And these weren't close friends of mine by any measure. They were, like, just people that I went to middle school with. But I was like, if if I'm introduced as being, like, your friend, like, ooh, I have no chance. Yeah. That was my judgment at the time, which is unfair, but it's high school and unfair, it's life or but, death. But, but that was your survival. You were in survival mode at that point. Yeah. And also it's like, oh, I'm – yeah, it's, like, all about – it's all about, like, the, the being in the classic yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm friends with you. And then everyone's just like, you're a weird gay freak. Absolutely. So I'd like to publicly apologize to those people because they are, the three that I'm thinking of are like amazing people and mm-hmm. so sweet and so lovely. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify, I was never mean to them, but I also like think, I'm sure they were like, why is this person ignoring us? Um, Look. And I that and that is shameful. And, but I also think that it is really nice. I hope that they hear this because I think that <laughs> they, they, I, doubt they I think will. that it's really nice to hear. I don't know. I I sometimes think that it's really nice to hear that people, like you know, can in in their older self be like, "Hey, I'm really sorry if I made you feel shitty." Yeah. Um. Are, are those your only apologies? Those two. Mm, I think that's basically it. Okay. Okay. Now. What advice would you give your high school self? Oh, man. Um. Well, okay. Well, the advice I give my high school self, because hindsight's twenty twenty, is mm-hmm. that I should have tried to fuck Jake, because that motherfucker's gay now. <laughs> He's a straight up, <laughs> that motherfucker's a straight up fagot. And I was over here being <sighs> like, oh, he's so cool. Oh, he's so cool. And there were times when, like, I don't know. I just have, like, two memories of him being like, do you want to come to this party with me? And me being like, oh, I can't out of, like, self-consciousness. Right, or like, right, right. And I want to be like, bitch, go to the damn party and get some lip gloss and get on your knees. <laughs> not that I, not that I honestly, not that I, like, could have ever done that at that age. But, like, sure. my wish for myself would have been, like, honestly, that I just, like, had more sex or like sexual confidence with like men and women do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like I was fully graduated high school a virgin and like that's fine and normal and great and like probably safe but like yeah like I was hypersexual right and that was not great right (laughs) 
not. That was not great. Well, it was very alluring. Yeah, right. So it's like it's you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Right. But I, I, um, yeah, I guess that would have been my advice. And like, yeah, I would. I guess it would have been. Yeah, in theory, it's like you should have just been yourself. But honestly, like. I wasn't, I was sort of like a Frankenstein creation of myself and who I thought I wanted to be. And it was like miserable for the first half. And for the second half, it was really fun. That's great. And it left me with good high school memories. And I always thought of you as being cool and wonderful and sweet. (laughs) I I thought of you as being the coolest. I'm like, I'm really happy with the um, narrative of our friendship. Me too. Because I think we were always friends. Mm Mm-hmm. We were never best friends. No. But we were always friends. And nothing ever weird happened in our friendship. I loved being around you. I, If anything, I'm regretful that we did, weren't better friends in high school. Me too. I would have really... I really wish that I cultivated more memories with you. But I think I was dealing with my own... You were busy. <laughs> you were freaking busy. <laughs> with what? We don't know. Well, we do. But <laughs> and when we do part two, we'll get into that. <laughs> and who? But I just... I... Yeah, I think I I think I also put up like a lot of walls. Like how you yeah. your way of like coping with your identity was becoming like a Frankenstein version of like, yeah. you know, um Madras and right. like a baggy polo. Yeah. I was doing that as well with like um, you know, being like a film noir version. You're a full-blown like- artist <laughs> yeah. is the thing. And I think like yeah, like we did come together. Like if it would, there was a film of our high school time, like we would both be iconic Judy Greer level supporting characters yes. in both of those films, but we would not be involved in the, in the main narrative. That said, like some of my favorite memories of high school are with you, like the glow in the dark tour, oh, the infamous God. glow in the dark tour sort of like. When I famously didn't have a tooth. <laughs> Do you remember that? Do you remember yes. when I didn't have one of my canine teeth? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you oh, I, I mean, and the crooked bang and, and we're grinding. Bang, obviously, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the photo the that I bang. share every year on your birthday. Yeah, I look like a full blown like bull in heat, yeah. humping you. Yeah. But but there always felt like there was an understanding of queerness between the two of us. I would agree. And we also did Harvard Model Congress together, oh, which yes. was where we really bonded. Yes. 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 Anyway, we really did. Well, we, I'm going. To, I would love to have you on for a part two because I could just talk to you forever and ever I and know. ever. I know. Yeah, the the people will tell us if it's actually interesting. But. I think it is, and I don't. And honestly, I, it's interesting to me. That and this is my care. show, so <laughs> that's it. Patrick, last but not least, what was your senior superlative? Oh, your mother sent us photos of the list. Oh my God, she did. <laughs> so you need to. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Look up okay, what yours wait. was. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. And we can edit, right? We can edit. You can okay. always send me a voice note where no, you no, tell wait, me what it. your senior I'm literally going was. through our. I think I know what yours is. Oh, wait, here it is. See all. I think I know what yours was. Do you? I think so. What? Wait, what do you think it was? I think yours was like on Broadway. Which is true. I mean, not really. No, mine is... Ours were weird because ours were like disses. I want to find yours. Mine was (laughs) most likely to be in a gospel choir. Yeah, that... Oh, my, my my senior superlative is 
best library lobbyist. There you and go. There you go. And there you go. The and icon that's what you were. Wow. Patrick, thank you so much for joining me on Senior Superlatives. What a stunning episode we've had. Where can all of my listeners find you? Where can they where can they watch your work? I mean, we have so oh many God. things going on. I, I I think when this comes out, the run of This American Wife is going to be over. Okay. But so you can find me on Instagram at uh, Patrick at Patrick Fly. So it's basically my name, Patrick Foley, with no vowels. <laughs> P T R C K F L Y at that, and then on Twitter, I'm at that. But you should put like a one on the end, so Patrick Fly one. Mm-hmm. And you can also follow my theater company, Fake Friends. Yep. Um, a, by the way, a Pulitzer nominee sitting in front of me absolutely. right now. Very important to know. Very huge impressive. Literary huge literary figure ac- on the mic. Huge accolade. Huge accolade. Um, and you can check out, in some configuration, our two shows on Instagram. And that those two shows are Circle Jerk and um, This American Wife. Wow, Patrick. Thank you so much for joining thank me. You. And thank you so much to all of my listeners for joining me on this gorgeous little epi-poo. As you know, please give me five stars and a glowing review. Don't give me anything less. And if you have anything negative to say, just stop listening to the podcast as it is a free <laughs> service. I do love you all so much. And as we say every week on this show, stay cool, never change. XO. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 